glorious humans, gentle ladies, lab men, ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and dreams alike. And welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host JM. Hello, I'm your co-host Robbie. And this week, JM, uh, it's my turn to deliver the goods. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um, so we'll come to that shortly. But before that, JM, how has uh-huh. your uh, week been? What have you it's, been up to? It's it's been all right. It's been a little weird. Uh, the the my landlord wants to sell the the house that we're in. Yep. And uh, this weekend was supposed to be viewings for the house. Right. And uh, so we like cleaned up all our stuff and we're like ready. Like there's going to yep. be two days of open house, Saturday yep. and Sunday, and fucking nobody showed up. Wow. At all. And huh. it was a little weird. Yeah. It was it's a little weird. Because hmm. uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very competitive market right now from what I understand. Yeah. In this area, but I, th- I think it's because we live here and like all our stuff is here, and so people are like I don't want to go. I don't <laughs> yeah, maybe people are still a bit wary of going into people's houses, but which is great. <laughs> it is, but also, what? Why wouldn't your landlord tell you? <laughs> like, tell me what? Well, be like, uh, yeah, sorry, nobody's coming round. Actually. Surely they'd so, be aware if people were coming or not coming, wouldn't they? So they they wanted, I guess they, they try to like do everything really fast because if the house is on the market too long, that looks bad and then you don't yeah. get as much money and all that stuff. So yeah. they they didn't put it up for sale until Wednesday evening. Right. And then, uh, and then you know, there was the listed showing was the weekend and the weekend came and... I actually forgot to leave the little key box thing outside, so I had to race home to put the little key box thing outside. And I was like, oh, man, there's going to be people waiting here. Mm. And then nobody. So eventually I got in touch with the agent. And I, so I just sat outside for like an hour and a half, like reading a book on the back porch. Just <laughs> like, all right, people are going to be coming in. Yeah. And then eventually, like, I, 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 I reached out to the, the agent and they're like, oh, yeah, there's only two appointments. And then both of those no-showed. Wow. And it was really weird. That is weird. So. Oh, well, that's a shame. That feels like you've you you had to waste your weekend for no good damn reason. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I you know, I felt uncomfortable about the idea of people coming into the house with all my shit here. Well, so... I don't blame you. More importantly though, what book are you reading? I am reading Genghis Khan and the Making of the Modern World. Wow. Yeah, it's a book I read a few years ago, and I'm reading it again, and it's about Genghis Khan. Uh, I guess they've, you know, it's based on like the the Mongol history of Genghis Khan, and it's uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, I'm worried that it might just be like, you know, the the what's his name that the Leary, what's his name who did the song "I'm an Asshole." Dennis, I'm an asshole, Dennis, Dennis Leary. Leary. I wanted to say Tim, and I'm like, that's a different guy. Uh, yeah, the Dennis Leary asshole song where he's like, I, you know, I, I read books about war because there's a lot of stuff about war, but it is mostly about how like the Mongols were religiously tolerant and, you know, had a, had a postal system of, of a sorts wow. and did all kinds of like, yeah, it's more like into the, the more interesting, cooler 
shit that they did. Oh, good on the Mongols. Yeah, yeah. So, how was your week, weekend? Uh, it was alright. What did I get up yeah. to? Uh, not a huge deal. Um, yeah. Sort of didn't do much on the weekend on Saturday, and then Sunday I saw my girlfriend, and we went out for a walk, and then her cousin was around, and... It was nice. We had some tea, some dinner. Mm. Um, yeah, it was good. Had fish and chips. Which what I've was not your had in a while. Uh, thing yesterday? What was my thing? Oh, we had a bank holiday. So uh, the first Monday in May is called May Day in the mm-hmm. UK, and it's a bank holiday, so everyone has the day off work. What? Why is it a bank holiday? What's the holiday about? I don't know. But. Uh, All right. Traditionally, May Day had always been uh, the day where people would predominantly uh, sort of like punks and anarchist types um, uh-huh. would protest. Uh, it w- there would be anti-capitalist uh, protests in, mm. Lond- in London, traditionally, um, if you can call that a tradition, um, where... Yep, people would go and protest and be like, oh, capitalism, fuck off. And then, um, but I don't think that happened this year. I didn't, no. I, I, I guess it didn't happen last year either. Yeah. yeah. So that was a bit of a, uh, bit of a letdown. Bit of mm. a letdown. Um, but other than that, I have been playing lots of Street Fighter. I've been playing huh. Street Fighter, yeah. Uh, Which one? Well, I've been playing Third Strike, Street Fighter Three, Third Strike. Yeah. Um, which I'd never played before last week, <laughs> so uh, it's been a bit of a baptism of fire. But I've um, I've got lots of friends who are really into fighting games, and I and I really liked, I loved Street Fighter when I was a kid, and Mortal Kombat, and obviously we, you know, the Mortal Kombat movie came out recently and stuff, so sort mm-hmm. of like just been in the mood. And um, I had always wanted to play Street Fighter Three Third Strike because uh, it looked really cool, and I'd always heard it was very good. So I finally picked it up, and I started uh, trying to learn how to play it uh, over mm. the last week. So that's been good fun, and I've been watching lots of YouTube videos and things like that, just kind of uh, really embedding myself into the world of fighting games um Hmm. but that has led me uh down a little uh path which uh, will culminate in a seamless segue into this week hold on before the segue oh i just crashed into the segue okay uh it's about fighting games and i just wanted to say that uh jared and i went to uh what's the fighting game convention evo Evo. We went to Evo one year with Absolver, Ooh. and it was absolutely, uh, shockingly, uh, if not my favorite, one of my very favorite conventions oh, wow. of all time. Yeah. I hate Vegas. Vegas is yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, but Evo was incredible. Wow. It was really, really cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. Like, I thought fighting game people were going to be like, I don't know why, but I had it in my head they were going to be the worst. <laughs> yeah. They were going to be the most like, ah, oh, this has to be exactly this yeah, to yeah. be a fighting game. And... <laughs> so we were there with Absolver. We were like, well, this isn't a typical fighting game. Mm. 
but man, the people there were so cool and so interested. Yeah. And asked some of the coolest, smartest questions, uh, you know, like consistently smart, like like they were they were really interested in the game and how the game worked yeah. and they were really like it, there was I, I you know there was there wasn't a lot of uh gamer lifestyle sure. stuff yeah. which was which was a surprising surprising and kind of a surprising relief i was like oh nobody here's like i'm a gamer <laughs> it was like what is it about this game tell me about the game yeah. and i was like oh you're actually interested in the video game instead of fetishizing the consumerism of buying video games sure. all the time. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Um, the, I, I, you so, know, yeah. as I say, you know, I've, uh, a lot of my friends are really into fighting games. And mm-hmm. it does seem, everyone just seems, yeah, very like, I mean, they're my friends, obviously. But, you know, <laughs> as soon as I said that I wanted to, that I was starting to, you know, feel it a bit, I was like, oh, yeah, quite fancy getting into a fighting game. You yeah. know, straight away, everyone was like, oh, like, you know, here's some videos you can watch, you know, here's some things you can practice, you know, if you ever want to jump online and play, like, we can play together and stuff like this. And, like, everyone's just really... I don't know if it's, like, a holdover from... I, w- I was saying this earlier, but... Uh, to some of my friends, but it is a very... It's one of the more social communities in video games really yeah because it it's how it started it had to be right because yeah um before online gaming the only way to play fighting games was in the arcade and the only way to play fighting games competitively was being with other people so you all had to get together and crowd around the arcade machines and 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 play the games together so or around your consoles but even around your console thing yeah yeah exactly so i think it just sort of it 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 weirdly even though it's competitive and it's one on one yeah and you feel very exposed there's a real sense of belonging i suppose because everybody sh- you know shares their ideas and uh feedback yeah. with each other and stuff like that so i think it's like and then obviously like even when even with the advent of online games and mm-hmm. games being played competitively online the netcode for fighting games has always been notoriously quite bad. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because they rely so heavily on frame data, you know, at the very, at the tippy top level. Um, yeah. Uh, that, you know, any, any kind of, uh, any, any, um, I mean, lag is the obvious one, but any kind of uh, degradation of the experience via mm. online, you know, kind of really ruins the experience for people. So yeah. um, it's always been like local has always been the way to play. Um, nice. So I think that's maybe why uh, you had a good, well, I'm glad to hear you had a good experience at Evo. I'd love to go myself, but I think that's yeah. it because, because like everyone's used to being around people and having like interpersonal yeah. skills <laughs> yeah and discussing the games at hand so i think it just yeah. kind of makes for like a better experience whereas i think a lot of gamers are which is you know the the power of games as well is that it's afforded a lot of people who maybe can't travel or can't get out of their homes or whatever to be able to mm. interact with other people online that's mm. great um but yeah perhaps doesn't always make for the most 
socially kind of uh, confident types of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> there's somebody that I should mention because I know Jared's thinking about him right now if he's listening. Uh, there was a guy, and Jared may have even mentioned it when he was on the show. I can't remember, it's, but, you know. Uh, there was a guy who really, really wanted to explain to me why grappling should be in Absolver. Okay. And really wanted to, like, use, like, our bodies, like mine and his. Like, he's like, okay, so just stand here and do this. So act like you just threw a punch. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I don't want to. This is, this is not productive. Like, you're not going to. I'm not going to put grappling in this fucking game. And he's just trying to explain to me, like, why grappling is useful. And I'm just like, please, please stop. Amazing. <laughs> it was fine. It didn't. It got a little weird, but then he went away, so it wasn't too weird. But yeah, uh, okay. it was definitely, it was just like I can't. <laughs> please, no, no. I understand. Yep, cool. Yes, grappling is. I I get the grappling's a thing. Well, speaking of grappling with your friends, JM, I'm gonna roll right back into my segue. Hold on, though. Oh, <laughs> hold on, though. Because you're talking about, like, being on the same screen with people and, like, sharing the screen. And yeah. it's like, there's no secret information in a fighting game. That's like, very it's all true. there. Yeah. So another it's thing... It's all present. Another thing I was saying with my friends is that... Because I'm always, I'm always surprised. I always yeah. think to myself, I'm really surprised how things like League of Legends and Overwatch mm. and these big team games become mm. these huge, you know, multi, multi-million dollar esports with a global reach and these huge vast yeah. audiences and all of these players and things like this and there are many many reasons but it always fascinates me that fighting games aren't never kind of uh, were catapulted to those heights yeah and you know that i think that again you know there are plenty of reasons you know less people play them um mm-hmm. the the heavy reliance on local play all this kind of stuff but yeah it if you take all of that away yeah just the kind of fighting games are sort of like ultimate video games <laughs> in a way yeah because of exactly what you just said there's nowhere to hide and it's yeah. you know it's one versus one and your skill is on display for everybody to see. And the more mm-hmm. the more I watch of fighting games and the more my friends tell me about them, the more I kind of, you know, learn the intricacies. But mm. even at a very basic level of understanding, you can you can you can pass what's going on in a fighting game. It's like, right, okay, this guy's winning. Like everybody knows yeah. how to read a power bar, you know, and, yeah. and be like this character is punching this character in the face. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, and it's, and it's kind of like, you know, it's quite short rounds. It's, I feel like, you know, it's got, it's got so much going for it that I wish, you know, warranted a much bigger spotlight, yeah. um, than it yeah. has in, in comparison to some of the other really big esports. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day it'll, maybe one day it will become that big. I mean, it's still very big, obviously, but yeah, yeah, um, it's still big. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the community's probably better too because, like in first-person shooters, you've got people like hiding. It's very aggressive. It's very. Mm. I mean, they're both aggressive, but like something about shooting people from like you know a mile away, like yeah. you don't even see the people that are killing you, and it's the toxicity that somehow builds from uh, from that attitude. Yeah. Like when you're by yourself behind the screen, just yelling awful shit, and that you know, it's almost like it's almost like fighting games are more cooperative 
in than, a, than so, other competitive yeah. games. Yeah, I mean, like, there's you have to understand your opponent in order to, yeah. to compete. You know, you have yeah. to know how they play their game, what their character is capable of. So, y- yeah. yeah, you have to have respect for them. Whereas, like, well, yeah, something in, like, a Call of Duty or whatever, you've got a person behind a screen, behind a gun, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, miles away and could shoot you from yeah. anywhere. Whereas, you know, fighting games are, it's up close and personal. That's the way it's, yeah. you know, designed to be. Um, and I think there's something really great about that. It's almost like you're cooperating to make a dance. Like for Absolver, it felt like that a lot of the time. Yeah. You know? It was like when I was playing someone who was on my level, we were, we were, you know, we were reading each other, we were playing and it was like a, it was like a dance. Yeah. Cooperative yeah. combat experience. It's like, I, I feel like even if you lose at a fighting game, you can still appreciate like a really good round, you know, or like a really yeah. good fight because it's like, oh man, like, you know, we really went toe to toe there or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I've been really getting into those and that, oh, can I go into the segue now? I was just trying to hand it to you with the cooperative for the... Okay, the... right, yeah. So it's almost cooperative. <laughs> it's almost like you're, you know, you're playing together and uh-huh. that has led me down this long <laughs> hill <laughs> at the bottom of which lies a segue uh, and that we're going to slide on our ass cheeks straight through that segue into this week's topic which is two-player or cooperative games and what some of our favorites are i kind of fucked that in the end (laughs) (laughs) i i was like i was like i could see it very far away i was like hold on we can do this as a natural segue yeah but i just get to this point over here (laughs) Well, here we are. We've, we've, <laughs> we've crashed through the segue and we're into the first opening gambit um, of two-player. I think that might be my new game is to try to actually get to up. a segue point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I, have to try and, I have to try and pick up on it <laughs> more naturally than I have done today. Right, I, kept, I, kept I wonder if anyone's it. still listening. <laughs> Right. They're working on something else. They're working on something else. Well, um, I'm working on this. Um, Boom. And yeah, so uh, playing lots of fighting games kind of got me thinking about, oh, games, you know, that you play with people and you sit together Mm -hmm. and you play the game. And then this Mm -hmm. weekend, my girlfriend and I, uh, I've got the SNES Mini. And um, I've Yeah. And I've had it for ages and I just sort of forgot about it, forgot it was there. And then um, I can't remember why, but the other over the weekend, I just decided to kind of dust it off. I think maybe I was just curious about, I was like, what is actually on this? Because I couldn't remember. <laughs> and then yeah. um, I dusted it off and uh, my girlfriend was here, plugged it in. And then uh, she was like, oh, have you got any two player games? Because we don't often, she loves video games, but we don't often really kind of sit down and play games together. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, I plugged the SNES in and we started looking through and we ended up playing Mario Kart. And man, that game is so fun. Yeah. Oh, so fun. So my first 
game that I'd like to talk about um, as a as a fun two player game is is Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. Oh, so we're not doing cooperative games in so they're not all cooperative games. They can be. But, okay. Um, well, I I thought when I saw the list that I, when I saw the description of what we were doing, I was in my head that we were just doing cooperative games. Okay. okay. Well, I've got some cooperative games on here. Sure, but, sure. But um, I, I, okay, I'm clear now. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I love Super Nintendo on the mm-hmm. uh, Super Nintendo uh, Super Super Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I love it predominantly. Uh, is for the split screen. I had a real big thing about split screen games when I was a kid. I don't know whether or not it was just the fascination at, you know, Mm. two people being able to play, you know, separately on the same screen just fascinated me. Um, Mm. But particularly in Mario Kart, because it's this kind of pseudo 3D... uh, racing game and uh there's so much going on i think that was the the main reason why i loved it so much especially as a kid was like because there's so much more than it's not just a racing game it's yeah you've got the kind of the i mean the the fun of all the different characters and they all have slightly different like i was playing bowser yesterday and uh my girlfriend was playing as a koopa trooper Mm. and she was much faster but i was much heavier you know, and that mm-hmm. those kind of dynamics start to play, and then of course you've got all of the different um, uh, power ups that you can collect, and then the courses yeah. themselves are more like l- levels than just straightforward tracks. You know, there are jumps, there are shortcuts, there are obstacles, mm-hmm. and all this kind of thing. So it feels just it feels more like a tr- crazy game show or something. Hmm. And we were playing yesterday, uh, we played through uh, all three different cups. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I just had so much fun. Like, even <laughs> though we were like trashing each other and we were like knocking each other yeah. out. And, um, you know, sometimes I was doing really badly. Sometimes she was doing really badly. But like, we were just laughing the whole time. And I really forgot how how great it is to to have something like that you know available to yeah. you as like you know and being a, as a social kind of uh activity to just sit down and play a video game and just laugh like absolute <laughs> dickheads for like an hour <laughs> you know Aww. and just not think about anything else and it's just great it's such a great game and i i i, I kept up with it you know through the n64 era and the gamecube uh i didn't play super the one on the wii u which is the same one on the switch right yeah yeah so i I didn't play that one um i assume it's good it's good yeah i play it every weekend with my uh with my mom and little brother oh no way yeah ah so you are obviously a big mario kart fan then uh i mean always always have been yeah uh it was one of the the two games i got when i got my switch i got uh I got Zelda and Mario Kart. Mm, standard. Yeah. What's really cool is if you got the Switch uh, and you have them both, and if you beat Zelda 
I can't remember what it is, but at some point you accomplish something in Zelda and it unlocks a different costume for Link in uh, Mario Kart. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> that I is cool. Really happy oh, about that. that's, yeah. that's a really cool feature. More games should do that. Yeah, Mario Kart should do it more. Uh, I feel like yeah. that's the only one I know about. Uh, hmm. But Well, investigation is required. Maybe there's some more. It's so, Kirby w- w- You know what's Kart. weird, though? What's Kirby's weird? not in Mario Kart. Oh. Split screen in Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. is horizontal, right? Yeah. Like one player's on top, one player's on bottom? Yeah. It's vertical on the new one. Hmm. Which doesn't make any sense to me. Because no. you want to be able to see to the sides to see. Like, I don't need to see much more of the sky. Like, that's no, not was, important to my racing. I was going to say, I was like, oh, maybe it's something to do with draw distance. But, like, you don't need to worry. It's, it's Mario Kart. You don't need to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of, you're, you're thinking less about what's ahead of you, further down the course, and more about what you're having to yeah. dealing, deal with in the moment, aren't you? Oh, that's yeah, yeah. you need to be able to see to the sides, you need to see the edge of the turn, see how close you're getting. It's very strange to me that it's, and there's no way to change it, and I don't know why, that huh. it's very confusing to me. That is strange. Yeah. I wonder if it's got, oh, I wonder if it's got anything to do with, no, it can't. Has it got anything to do with, you know, TV screens being wider now? So Maybe. You, so you actually get more of a screen if you maybe do it horizontally but i i i, I guess like it, yeah that might make it too wide if you do it horizontally yeah, or something maybe. but i i don't know it's uh, it still feels strange it, it feels limiting but it does. Uh, it's still fun and it is fun to play you know split screen stuff oh, like that. and great. you can play online yeah and it does feel almost cooperative in a way because although there is the uh, you know the element of competition there it's just so it's so stupid and so fun <laughs> and like either one of you if you're playing two player either one of you can just you know fuck it or accidentally win you know steal victory from yeah. the jaws of defeat like in the, <laughs> the the dying seconds that it's like I'm sure, you know, people will argue till the cows come home about, you know, the skill that's required to be an excellent Mario Kart player, but I don't Mm. really give a fuck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's way more fun if you slightly don't know what you're doing, I think. And it's just a fun experience. So that is what makes it my number one two-player game. So, how about you, Jim? Have you got any uh, cooperative two-player games that uh, in mind that you would like to talk about? Um, I, uh, I mean, I've talked about Deep Rock Galactic. That's really good. Uh, and I've talked yeah. about Valheim. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, there was a really cool game that my partner and I played a while back... <clears throat> it's a little janky, but it's a lot of fun. It's called um, Clandestine or Clandestine. Okay, what's that? Uh, I've never heard of it. It is. It's an ace. It's it's probably pretty indie, little little low budget game, but it's a it's a it's a it's an asymmetrical cooperative game. 
where one person plays like the secret agent, you know, Bond type character, and the other person plays the hacker that backs them up. Oh. And so while one person is in the mission, like doing the stuff, the other person is like hacking cameras and security panels and setting off alarms or making sure alarms don't get set off. And uh, it was it was really neat. I was the the agent in the in the field, but and I never got to play the hacker. But uh, it was just a really cool. I I'm into asymmetrical multiplayer. I think it would be cool if we had more of that, where you know different players really take on different roles and have different experiences in the game. Yeah. So that it creates like a shared experience. Yeah, I really like that. I love the I love the concept of another player influencing your game. Yeah, and like we're you know we had to communicate and be like, all right, I'm looking at this. It's uh, over there, and they're like, okay, I see what you're looking at. You know, da 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 da. So it was it was very it was very cool. Instead of just having two people like on the ground, like, all right, I'm shooting this guy, I'm shooting that guy. It was it was it was different, and I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Is it a newish yeah. game or an older one? It's been out for a while now. I mean, it's at least four or five years old, I think. Oh, okay. But it's on Steam. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Not as in depth as, as Mario Kart. No, well, I mean, really cool. I think Mario Kart kind of, you know, it probably garners <laughs> a bit more of a <laughs> wide ranging discussion than perhaps yeah. some other games do. Yeah, but I, I would like to see more asymmetrical cooperative games. Mm. Uh, I think that's it's really neat when you get to divide tasks and you have, you know, you're yeah. relying on people. And also, like, you know, the idea of creating specializations and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I'm into that. So you talked about an asymmetrical multiplayer game. How about an alien symmetrical multiplayer game? You son of a bitch, I'm in. (laughs) Well, JM, we're going to hop into our spaceship and fly all the way back to 1991. When Among Us first came out. (laughs) The direct inspiration for Among Us, Toe Jam and Earl, (laughs) came out for the Mega Drive or the Sega Genesis, depending on where you lived and what console, what the console was called. Did you ever play Toe Jam and Earl? I don't think I did. If I did, it was only for like a rental weekend or something. Oh man. I became obsessed with Toe Jam and Earl because I, I think it was, I got very early days in the Mega Drive's life, I got a book that was some kind of Mega Drive strategy game or something like that. Uh, not strategy game, strategy book. You know, that had uh, a section for different games and it would 
give you a little walkthrough or tips and tricks and whatever it was. And in it, I saw this game called Toe Jam and Earl, which, if you're unfamiliar, uh, features the titular Toe Jam and Earl, who are, respectively, a kind of a... Why have I decided to try and describe them on an audio podcast? Um, (laughs) A red... (laughs) A red... Um, shoelace-looking guy <laughs> who's got three legs and uh, and a gold medallion and a backwards baseball cap. It was 1991, and uh, Earl, who was a uh, kind of a big orange, sort of a slug-looking guy, wearing uh, Bermuda shorts and wraparound shades. And I think... I think they were rappers? I can't quite remember. It was the 90s. It was the 90s, yeah. So they were, were, you know, street... They were street rapping dudes. And uh, anyway, they... uh, So the game was they crashed on Earth and uh, it was a weird kind of surreal Earth full of, like, really odd characters. Um... And you played, you could play two player, one as Toe Jam, one as Earl, and you had to go around Earth collecting bits of your spaceship. It's a platformer, right? Kind of, but it was almost like a. I mean, not like an RPG, but like. It sort of had elements of like a dungeon crawler type thing, you know, where it's like. Because you got in these elevators, these like space elevators, and they would take you to different areas on Earth. And Earth was flat. <laughs> it was a flat Earth. It is flat. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you could go to different areas, and you would just you would come across all these different Earthlings who would try and get you, or try and uh, you know prevent your progress in different ways. So you would kind of have to go to these different areas and. Uh, do different things to find bits of your spaceship and then you'd have to bring them back and you had to collect them all together uh, to repair your spaceship and then fly off. And um, it was... I mean, obviously I loved it when I was a kid because in 1991 I was like eight or nine years old and it was about aliens who were also rappers and I could play it with my friends. I mean, that's that's about it, really. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but it did this cool thing where um, when you start the game, you're stood together, Toe Jam and Earl, and then you wander off from each other, and as you wander further away from one another, uh, then the screen splits. And you go oh, nice. and you go off into your own. You can go off into your own uh, areas. Cool, like a Pikachu. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? It's got. It's kind of got that Pikachu vibe to it. I think maybe Pikachu was directly inspired by Toe Jam and Earl. I I, I hear a lot of games are. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Maybe I don't know, but I loved it, and uh, it had cool music. And it was just a lot of fun. And I, I think it was, I think it was actually quite, it was quite a sort of a big, big-ish game, you know, for the time. Yeah. You know, kind of like a, it was kind of like a decent adventure game. 
Um, oh, you mean the size? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you could get power-ups and stuff like this that would distract mm-hmm. enemies or help you on your way and stuff. So it was good fun. And it was, like, humorous. It had a lot of, you know, humor to it. And I think that's probably what I look for in most of my kind of social gaming experiences. Mm-hmm. I want them to be fun. I want to have a laugh with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want it to be too stressful. Which brings me to the worst cooperative game of all time. Oh, baby. Here we go. Battletoads. Oh. Oh. Deary me. It was great. It was hilarious. Super cool. Super fun. But the fact that you could not turn off uh, friendly fire, that you're fighting in a a brawler game, and you're doing these sometimes these massive punches and kicks, and hitting your, in my case, little brother uh, (laughs) in the game where he hits me, and we get really mad and frustrated because we're trying to play the game. Oh, man. And the one where you're descending down the tunnel... Oh. Uh, and uh, and you like can turn into a bell and kick off the wall, but it's super chaotic, and oh, you end up ki- again killing your little brother <laughs> or getting killed by your little brother. I'm getting like uh, even just listening to you describe Battletoads is kind of just giving me like PTSD. I'm concerned that we may have done this episode before because I feel like I've brought up Battletoads once. We in the past. we did bring it up once before, but I can't remember why. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, Battletoads. You know, so I was looking for other games to play with with my mom and my brother, mm-hmm. a different brother. Um, and uh, and so I went ahead, and the people that made Trine uh, made a kind of a you know a isometric kind of Diablo style uh, game where you play like wizarding students, and you Ooh. go and you're trying to recover some stuff, and it's really cute. And I was like, oh, this should be fun and lighthearted and we should be able to play this together. Um, There's no fucking way to turn off friendly fire in that game. There's friendly fire and you can't turn it off. And I'm like, who the fuck (laughs) made this game and was like, like, it's like, like they wanted to get like, so like you have different, like you can shoot lightning magic or fire magic or water magic or ice magic or whatever. Like they're all like elementally based. And what's cool is like you shoot a beam or whatever. And if someone else shoots a beam, they will merge mm. and like form like, you know, if you use like fire that's and water, strange. you'll create steam magic or whatever. Oh, that's cool. And it does different damage to different enemies. Yeah. Really cool and really neat. Uh, and if you like put down a healing orb and an enemy gets into it, that enemy will be healed yeah. and shit like that. Unless yeah. they're an undead, in which case they'll die. Um, really intricate, detailed fucking maths on all the fucking, like, spells and how they affect everybody, but you cannot turn off friendly fire. There is an option to set it so that you split the damage in friendly fire. So if I shoot my mom, uh, you know, with an, a lightning beam, we both get stunned oh. and take So instead of just going... <laughs> Whoops, you probably didn't mean to do that. Never mind. You just get you get punished for it. <laughs> we both get it. Yeah, there's no there's no turning off a friendly fire. And we tried to play it, uh, but it was just it was just so hard not to just constantly kill each other. Because again, you know, we've got tons of enemies on the screen, you're you're shooting, you're blasting, you're doing all this stuff, and it's like like having it as an option is cool. But like why why can't I turn it off? Like this oh, isn't man. fun. Like why are you making 
why are the people that made Trine trying to make like a hardcore realistic like you gotta not shoot your friends game? <laughs> Friendly fire is bullshit in such games. Absolutely. You should at least have the option to turn it off. Yeah. Especially in modern so... games. Yeah. Like, I mean, Battletoads, that was like part of the thing, I guess. I don't know. They were like, yeah, you can hurt you. Like, woof. <laughs> I feel like lots of little kids got in fights over that. Oh, big time. Uh, I know we did. Um, like, it's just because it makes you mad because you're trying to do something and suddenly you get kicked from across the room. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I think Nine Parchments is what that that Trine game is. So if you're looking for a fun cooperative experience, don't fucking get Nine Parchments. Hey, well, uh, because my previous two subjects uh, were both from the 16-bit era... Uh-huh. Uh, I thought I would go ahead and uh, not change things up and do another 16-bit game uh-huh. from 1992. Did you ever play... Right. Oh, sorry. I said all right. All right. Did you ever play a little game called World of Illusion? So it's called World of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Okay. It was a Wait, platform game. Yeah, it was a yeah. platform game. Um, it was a, it was a kind of a sequel to Castle of Illusion, I guess, the Mickey Mouse game. Okay. Um, but in it, you so Mickey and Donald are preparing for a magic act. So they're magicians, by the way. Mickey and Donald are magicians. Always have been. Yeah. Um, and they discover a magical box. Um, but the, and then uh, I can't remember what happens. I think they like, they open the box and then it like magics them away into a, into a magic world. It turns out mm. the box um, belonged to uh, Pete, you know, the Disney baddie that was in like Mickey Mouse cartoons and stuff back in the day. He was in all oh, those games yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, you get whisked away. It's a bit like Alice in Wonderland, um, which is notable, um, and I'll come on to that. But um, they get whisked away into a magical world, and Donald and Mickey have to work together to uh, solve puzzles, and uh, they're all sort of like platforming puzzles or puzzles to defeat enemies and things like this. Uh-huh. But you're both on the screen at the same time, and the and the the game sort of pans along with you guys as you go on your adventure, um, uh-huh. and you share you share lives, I think, or you share oh. continues, yeah. yeah. But you can also you can also get 
life for each other and stuff so it's cooperative in the sense that kind of like mm-hmm. you can yeah you can both lose together or you can uh you know if one person's struggling you can help them out mm-hmm. and it's really fun because like even though the personalities don't necessarily you know leap off the screen because it's an old 16-bit mega drive game because if you you know if you're a kid and you're very familiar or familiar enough with the characters of mickey and donald that you understand you know what type of characteristics they have Mm-hmm. you can kind of like project <laughs> into the game and it's almost like and you just really me and my cousin used to play it all the time and i can remember the very first time we brought it home to play i think we rented it and we were so excited because it was like oh we can play this together we can play this together we get to be mickey and donald and um you know you have to <laughs> use teamwork and uh yeah. and it was so exciting and i was donald um mm-hmm. And the thing that makes me laugh to this day more than anything is that um, whenever Donald uh, would get hit, so when Mickey and Donald would get hit, they would go, ouch. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mickey would go, ow, like that, you know, like Mickey. But Donald would go, (laughs) Donald would do a big quack. (laughs) Yeah. But it always sounded to me like he was going, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) and it's just the best thing ever the second like you sort of like you get that stuck in your head and then you're playing mickey and donald like every every time you get hit you just hear donald Ah. going fuck fuck it was the best nice it was so fun nice but you went through all these different worlds and and some of them were inspired by disney movies Mm. so there was one that was set in uh the queen of hearts uh garden from alice in wonderland mm-hmm. oh man it was so cool it had really cool music and uh kind of it was great because like all the different baddies that were in it were sort of you either recognized them from existing movies or cartoons that disney had done or they were like sort of redrawn versions of characters that you recognize but they might you know be playing a, a different character in the game itself but you'd be like, oh, okay, I recognise that. So, for example, do you remember Pete's Dragon? Loved Pete's Dragon. Ah, oh, me too. I used to watch it with my nan. Um, money, money, money by the pound. <laughs> so on one of the levels, there is a big... You're in like a sweet land. Like, the whole land is full of sweets. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you have to fight a boss. And the boss is a candy dragon. And it's... And it's Pete's dragon, but it's made out of candy. And it's mm-hmm. like a big, long kind of thing that flies around the screen. Um, but you recognise it as Pete's dragon. Uh, it's amazing. And there's an underwater level. An underwater level where uh, you don't have to worry about breathing underwater. <gasps> exactly. That's, that's the best. Because you're in a bubble and you have to like bubble along. Oh man, it's great. But it's really fun <laughs> to play two-player. It was, it was such a great, fun game to play because um, it was sort of just it was really magical um mm-hmm. and you and you re- it really in- it really you may you had to do co-op like a lot of sections like you know you would have to there was one level where you had to get on like a you know those like railway things where people pump the handle 
two people have to pump a handle on like a little platform oh, to go yeah, along yeah, on a railway cart. Yeah. Um, so like there's one of those where you, and you have to like keep jumping in time, like you're on a seesaw <laughs> to make oh. the thing go and stuff like that. So it's just like mega fun. And, uh, yeah, I loved it. I'd love to see like a really, a, a new, a, like an updated version of it. That'd be so cool. Right. Have you seen the, it takes two game? Which one is that? I, I've That's heard the one that it. just came out. It's uh, it's like a, it's a, it's a husband and wife. They're getting a divorce, and their daughter like cries and makes some kind of wish, and then they become like toys or something like that. Wow! And they've got to go on this adventure. Yeah, it's uh, it's apparently pretty pretty cool. Oh um, wow! Yeah. Is it by the guy who did that A Way Out or whatever it is? Is it that one? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know who it's by. I can't remember. But anyway. it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just occurred to me that the, uh, that the, the, the Apple Epic fight is going on in court right now. Oh yeah, that's not such a fun two-player game. If I thought about it, I'd be like, ah, corporations to whom we have foolishly pledged our love and devotion in our childhood, uh, would be a fun topic, (laughs) you know? Because apparently they accidentally opened up the phone lines and all the kids were like... They did, The little yeah. Fortnite kids were calling in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know they don't care about you, right, kids? No. You don't know that. Oh, man. You're friends. You're friends with a company. Uh, I've got a couple. Okay. Um, Left still. Uh, Diablo was great. It was a cooperative uh-huh. experience, especially Diablo 2. Right. Like it really hit its stride there. I played some Diablo 3 this weekend. Uh, and it's so, so boring. Really? Uh, yeah, it's so boring. It's just like, hold the button down and the monsters die. Now mm. get loot. Yay. And I'm like, it wasn't, it didn't used to be like this. Did you manage to get access to the the beta for, Dia- for the Diablo 2 uh, oh no! I re- haven't tried remake that. thing. No, it looks quite cool. I, I hope that's good because I would like to play that. My friend and I played a lot of Diablo two back in the day on our on my local area network, mm. uh, and it was it was janky. It was great, and it was <laughs> funny. It was only two computers on a local area network, but man, when the boss showed up, like we fought Diablo, and we we would say that we 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 fought all the minions of Diablo and Diablo as well as the great lag demon, <laughs> um, because like we'd go in, and then everything would freeze, and then all of a sudden one of us would be dead, <laughs> and it's like what? There wasn't anybody on the screen, and then suddenly we're swarmed and dead. It was fucking terrible. Um. Diablo 2 is great, but actually, uh, you made me think of another Blizzard title uh, when you're talking about Mickey and Donald, and that would be The Lost Vikings. Super cool cooperative game from a long time ago, and I would really love to see more games like that as well. Uh, so you had these three Vikings, for those of you who don't know the Lost Vikings, you had these three Vikings who fell through a portal in time and got transported to another world or an alien spaceship. I can't remember where you start. And you have uh, Balrog the Fierce, Olaf the Stout, and Eric the Swift. 
and basically each of them has abilities. Uh, Balrog has the sword and the bow and arrow. Eric can run really fast, and he's, I think he might be the only one who can jump, or maybe he can just jump better than the others. I can't remember, but he's the only one who can run. Uh, and then Olaf the Stout has his shield, and he can block attacks, he can hold it above his head to, like, slow fall down, and he can hold it above his head to be a platform for the other Vikings. And my brother and I played that one, and it was really... You could play a single player, like, you could switch between the Vikings manually, yeah. but it's definitely better with two people. It's just it's just easier uh, and more fun. But yeah, you, you it's a puzzle game. It's like a platforming puzzle game with these three Vikings, and... Uh, Man, we got really far into it, but it was it. We never beat it. It was a long ass game. Uh, Man, it was a good game though. I can remember seeing cool. that in like an old issue of Sega Power when I was a kid, and uh, I wanted to play it so bad because I love that concept as well. Is that you? Yeah. You actually have three characters that you can control in different ways mm-hmm. to solve puzzles is so cool and it was like big chunky sprites i saw a game at a convention recently i think it was called res pulls which okay. you know res please uh and it was I, I think it was only single player sadly but it, it had the same kind of puzzle elements the platformy puzzle elements yeah where you uh you got to do some stuff sorry i just I no just that's great that. but i love that um the Lost Vikings was a cooperative game, but each character had different abilities. So in, because mm-hmm. in Mickey and Donald, it you just Mickey and Donald, but they effectively act the same. You know, like yeah. they they perform the same uh, actions. But uh, yeah, I always loved the I always loved games where each player had different abilities, and you had to work together. I suppose yeah. that was like similar in Toe Jam and Earl in a way. The the two Did they characters, have different abilities? yeah, the two characters were quite different, but um, nice. you didn't you didn't like work together. You, the way that you worked together in that is that you went off to do separate tasks. <laughs> but <laughs> it's got me thinking though. Like I, as soon as we were talking about Lost Vikings, it, I was immediately like, oh, there's there's like another game that I used to love where you had to control different characters and i can't remember what it was i can't remember maybe i was just making it up maybe it was the last vikings i don't remember oh well tell you what i do remember though jm what is that robbie well the 1990s it's it's, yep (laughs) (laughs) and it's uh it's i'm gonna go with i'm gonna put these two together because uh they're very similar and um yeah, it's it's the same thing, basically, at the end of the mm-hmm. day. So the first one was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. On the Mega yep. Drive, it was the Hyperstone Heist, but in the arcades, it was Turtles in Time. Oh, okay. On, on the that was the fourth Turtles. one. The fourth one? That was the fourth Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game over here. Because there was the awful one, and then there was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, which I was going to mention. So oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, amazing. yeah. Yes, then there was three, were... and then there was Turtles in Time. Yeah, so the so the one I was the one I played was Hyperstone Heist, which mm-hmm. was uh, the Mega Drive version, which was it took some of the levels from Turtle in Time, Turtles in Time, um, then it had a couple of 
original ones um but it didn't have as many overall levels as turtles in time the mm. levels were just longer mm-hmm. um which i think made it kind of a bit harder in a way mm. yeah. um but oh man what a game i mean for a start uh being able to play as the ninja turtles is great um because you yeah. can pick your own your favorite turtle unless you mm. have a friend that you need to fight um to get your favorite turtle but um yeah and then you get to you play to each other's strengths uh to kick some ass as the ninja turtles and man the amount of times i must have played through that game from start to finish in one go with friends <laughs> You know, just constantly like, we can do this on one continue or whatever, you know, and just, yeah. oh man, it was so good. It was the best. Fucking great. But the reason why I was going to uh, roll this into a double feature uh, is because my other favorite side-scrolling co-op beat-em-up game, and one of the best ever, is obviously Streets of Rage 2. Mm. <laughs> which, again, for the exact same reasons that I love Hyperstone Heist just super fun to be able to play with your friends and be able to pick different characters that have different abilities and in in streets of rage 2 you could actually do uh like combos as well so so characters could do special moves together which was fucking great and it had a wrestler in it so you know (laughs) what more do you need but yeah just the uh x-men arcade game Oh, yeah, the four-player one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just all those brawlers. Yeah, Simpsons. The Simpsons arcade game. Holy shit. That was fucking great. Homer had the bowling ball. Yeah. Uh, Bart had the the skateboard. Skateboard March had the vacuum. And did Lisa have her sax? I think Lisa had her saxophone, yeah. I can't think what else she would have had. Yeah. I forgot that yeah, Marge that had the vacuum. Oh man, it was so good. That so those arcade games just remind me so vividly of uh like bowling alleys or mm-hmm. uh, roller rinks. Because believe it or not, we did actually have those in the UK <laughs> when I was growing <laughs> up. But we'd go there and go roller skating, uh get like a massive uh thing of coke and maybe like a hot dog or something and then just play simpsons yeah. and turtles and x-men oh man i remember completing x-men in an arcade when i was on holiday with my cousin we did that thing where it's like two of us me and my cousin stayed there mm-hmm. the whole time and we you know spent had a 30 dollars yeah we just spent all of our money on it <laughs> and then throughout the course of our run other kids came and would like nice. you know play for a bit and then they would die and they wouldn't have any money left and then another kid would come on but me and my cousin just stayed on the whole time we managed to finish it in the arcade i think that's one of the few game i think that might be one of the only games i've finished in the arcade i can't remember what game it was there was a game i finished in the arcade and i i can't remember what it was now though damn yeah it's hard to it's hard to do that it's a lot of money and it's a lot of time a lot of money uh yeah that simpsons never came out to any consoles either no it never did did it that's so strange it's a shame man i wonder why that was yeah don't know there's a there's a halo one out now where you've got like you know like a gun mounted to the thing and it's like a big screen and then four people sit down and they they shoot 
uh, it's pretty good. It's very beatable. Like you'll spend you'll spend quite a chunk of change going through it, but it's it's very you will beat it. It's pretty cute. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I I liked it. Like I was like, oh, this is you know this is fun. Like we're we're, we're progressing through the story no matter what. Progressing. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was cute. Um, Do you know what? Yeah. I just had a quick Google of the Simpsons arcade game. Yeah. And it was released on Xbox Live Arcade for <laughs> Xbox 360 and PlayStation Network for PlayStation 3 in February 2012. However, huh. it has since been removed from both services. Cool. So they just uh, they just deleted it for some reason. Yeah, that's why oh. digital marketplaces are bullshit. That sucks. It wasn't even on for very long. Subscription services are bullshit. It says here it came out in February 2012, uh-huh. and it was gone uh, December 2013. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. Ugh. Bastards. Well, on that bombshell. Have you got any other games that you want to give a shout out to? I've got the greatest cooperative game experience of all time up my sleeve here. Oh, baby. Uh, And it's a little game called Broforce. played it with my old flatmate Mike. Yeah? Uh, he'd never played it before. He'd never even seen it before. Yeah? And I was playing it, and he was like, what is this? And I was like, pick up a controller and join me. <laughs> and we played it for about three hours, and it was fucking great. It's so good. Yeah. It's so fun. So uh, fun. Yeah. Me, this is one of my first, my favorite experiences with Broforce were at conventions. Right. Uh, it was me and Jared and Jared's brother Zane and Harry's son, uh, all dressed out, dressed up as bros, rode out, uh, demoing Broforce, oh, like, this is South by Southwest, and back when South by Southwest was still really small, mm-hmm. and Devolver had a booth, and then there was a Broforce booth in, like, this little indie alley thing. And we were the loudest fucking booth there. Uh, I mean, like, in like a little booth, like barely bigger than a cubicle. But we were there, we were all broed out, and uh, and just people coming up and we were like, here's how you play. You know, A to jump, X to shoot, Y to melee. You can destroy everything except for the American flag and the ground on which it stands. Bust open the cages to rescue the bros inside. And kill the devil, bro! And people would get on and... you it's such an excellent cooperative game because you can fucking absolutely destroy everything and completely <laughs> fuck yourselves. It's so good. That is the best part about that game, I feel, is that yeah. 
you can get so into like just broing out. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, this is the commentary, right? Is that you know you you drop in to these war zones like we're the fucking heroes, <laughs> and then, like you, you can't escape freedom. You blow up the entire level to the point where you just kill yourselves. <laughs> yeah. And somebody like, gets on the helicopter. It's like area liberated. Yeah. Oh man, I love as well that like uh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite things in that game is that uh, you can work together, particularly if you have to beat one of the bosses, like you know the big tank or the helicopter uh-huh. or whatever. And you'll uh, be working together. You'll uh, beat this level, and then one of you will jump up and grab the helicopter to take off at the end, <laughs> and, then, and it will just take off before anyone else can make it. Leave everybody to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just one takes of the, off with the first person that gets there. <laughs> one of the hardest things to do in that game is get everybody on the helicopter oh for that God. reason. Because yeah. somebody will always just be like, <laughs> yeah. no bro left behind. Oh, man. That's so good. Oh, what a game. Yeah. What yeah. a game. I, I would love to see a Broforce arcade experience. Hell yeah. Because uh, that would be that would be fucking great. Imagine how so obnoxious good. we could make the cabinet. <laughs> that would be sick. <laughs> Just a huge PA system on it. Looked like a Harley Davidson catalog just threw up all over. You have to sit. You have to cabinet. sit on a. You have to sit on a Harley to play it. But you, you can play four players. So it would be four Harleys. <laughs> all with the engines game? running. In no way. All with the engines running twenty-four hours a day. <laughs> Force Arcade Cabinet. For life. For life. Yeah, oh, such a good game. It's the best. And it combines a lot of the best things we've talked about, too. Because all the characters are slightly different. Yep. You get to work together, but you can also, you know, you have the option of, like, totally ruining shit for everybody else. Yep. It's fun, lighthearted, silly. Yep. It's got good cool controls. music, cool graphics. Cool music. Uh, has characters, has recognizable but not copyright infringing characters. That's right. That game pushes fair use to the fucking limits. <laughs> it's freedom, baby. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think if our listeners take away anything from this episode, it should be to go and buy Broforce and buy uh, three extra copies to give to your friends. Mm-hmm. So you can all play the best cooperative fun game experience f- fun ever best. Or if you're vaccinated, invite them over. Sure thing. Get together, get some French fries and some sodi pops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And blow shit <sighs> up. Yeah. You know what we didn't mention that I wish was in more games is cooperative campaigns. Oh, uh, yeah, cooperative campaigns are fun. Like, Red Dead Online is neat or whatever, but I'd rather just have a friend play through the campaign with me. That would be killer. I think I that just... would be one of, the, like, the the big... So people talk about, you know, the kind of, like, the next generational leaps in consoles and video games yeah. and all this stuff. But, like, like GTA that you could play co-op surely yeah. is, like, has to be on the list somewhere. Like, yeah, that would be but... incredible. 
let me play the story. Let me play in the world. Like, I don't need all the crazy, crazy shit that you have in online. That's great for online yeah. or the big multiplayer fuckfest. But yeah, <laughs> let me... Let me just have a friend and go through the campaign together. We can yeah. go to, you know, fucking, I, I guess, for some reason, Ghost of Tsushima is on my mind. But, like, you know, we go to other sides of the island and do different missions and set shit up together. And just, like, that would be great. Because in Red Dead, I really want to rob a train. Mm, and it's impractical yeah, to rob a train by that, yourself. Yeah, just doing that with all your friends. Oh, that would be yeah. sick. Like, just let me, just let me have a private... You know, but I mean, I think I think that's going to be where a lot more cooperative games come in. Is more kind of like private servers, private setups. As networking gets better, as the ability to rent yeah. a server becomes more accessible, like you know, you're seeing with Valheim, and apparently other games have done it too. I got like the Conan game on PlayStation to try it out, and you can rent a server through them. So you know, having a server where you can just have your own private playground that you can invite your friends to. It's just such a cool idea. Hmm. Kind of like a little game called Sub Rosa, perhaps? Oh, shit. Ooh. Oh, shit. <laughs> two in a row. Two Devolver games in a fucking row. Hells mm, yeah. We should get paid for this. We should. Yeah, Sub Rosa. Sub Rosa's a lot of fun. I played um, John Ribbons of Roll7 fame. Oh, yeah? He invited me, and I, I played with him and his friends uh, last week or something like that. And it was really fun. Like, we played Eliminator mode, and it was so cool. Uh, it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sub Rosa. Do crimes. Get paid. Well... Um, thanks, Jan. Thanks for coming, coming with me for being my co-op partner on this week's episode of the Forecast. I think we make a pretty good two-player combo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree, Robbie. And, uh... Weird that we've never played the same video game at the same time. <laughs> One day, Jan. We're, we're building up to it. Is that what we're doing? We're building up to nice. it, yeah. I see, that's the season finale. We played Piku Niku together. Oh, that's right, we did play Piku Niku together. But it was brief. I'll admit that. It was brief, yeah. Okay. Well, listeners at home, thanks very much for joining us on this co-op adventure. And you let us know what your favourite two-player games are over on the Devolver Digital Discord which is, uh, you know, Disco, Discord, Devolver Digital. Or you can follow us at Instagram and Twitter, at Devolver Digital, and all the other places. Just Google Devolver Digital. I don't know. Just go and Google it. You'll find stuff to do. Google it now! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can, yeah. Devolver.